Broadcasting live to the world now. It's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Mindless minions. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelensky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Monday, March 9, 2015 edition of the Sheila Zelensky Show. I'm your host, Sheila Zelensky. I got a lot of emails in the last week regarding how can I listen to your show on a device? How can I download the MP3? So go to my website, click on the pink button that says podcast on the right hand side there. You can't miss it. And follow me on Podomatic and you can have access to all the archives there. And so, again, I know I sound like a broken record. Go to my website, click on the podcast button, follow me on Podomatic, and you can listen to any archive. You can download any MP3. So there you have it. And again, people want to know how they can listen live from a smart device. You simply download the MixLR app for iOS and Android. You search Weekend Vigilante, and you can listen live from any smart device. All right, so we've got that. I know I sound like a broken record, but I keep getting emails about that. So, folks, I just want to remind you that this Wednesday, March 11th, we have our big fast and prayer for Kent Hovind. Folks, that's at 4 o'clock Eastern Time, and the information is detailed on my website. If you go to weekendvigilante.com, click on Operation Floodgate, and we're going to be making some noise this week, folks. There's numbers there. I want you to get involved. I want you to phone that number at the Department of Justice. We're asking people to inundate these call lines, phone your congressman. We're just going to keep making noise, folks, throughout the month of March, so join us in that. And I want to hear people on that call. This is very important. Folks, if you had a loved one sitting there rotting in jail, you would take some action. So let's not be armchair Christians. Let's get involved in this. This is very important, and I think it's going to be very powerful. Today, one of my favorite powerhouse apostolic leaders is on. He's an evangelist, an amazing man of God. I got the privilege of meeting him in Idaho this last fall. He joins me today, and he's just back from his Honduras mission trip. It is such a pleasure to bring him back on the program. Augusto Perez, welcome. It's good to be with you again, Sheila. 
So, Augusto, you were on a very interesting trip. You just got back. Tell the listeners a little bit about your trip and some of the interesting things that happened over the course of that time. Well, we were in Honduras, mission trip there to Honduras, and um, this one was particularly interesting because I saw some things there that I have never seen before, and I have been going there since the year 2001. We have been doing a lot of work there and helping the people and, you know, ministering different churches, helping the, the poor and, you know, those kinds of things. And But this particular time was very interesting for, for various reasons. Number one, we went to a school, a public school that uh, we have been to many times before. And this time we ministered to two classes. Actually, last year they had a change, you know, in the director. The school director they have now is not a Christian. It's actually very much against Christians. And therefore, she didn't want me to go. She did not want me there. Now, there's a lot of teachers there and the supervisors and many people in different departments that know me. They know me from past years and they know the impact that our ministry has had on the children. So they just, they just came to the woman and they told her, you know, you need to have this ministry come and minister to the young people there because there's a lot of young people there uh, bound in drugs, in gangs. I mean, Honduras, a lot of people don't realize this, Sheila. Honduras is one of the most dangerous places in the world, especially San Pedro Sula. is no. considered one of the most dangerous cities in the world, crime-wise. And so yeah, a lot of people don't realize that, but, but yeah, there's a great need there, and there's a lot of gangs that they're recruiting these young people left and right. And so also there's a lot of homosexuality there, and, you know, it's everywhere. It's on the increase everywhere, but, you know, it's, it's, it's happening there as well. So, you know, they finally convinced, persuaded this woman to allow me to come. So I did come. So that's the first thing. That was a miracle right there. The second thing that happened was I ministered like for five hours. For five hours, I ministered to the young people. We had two classes that were brought in, you know, from different classes. You know, they, they came into our room and I ministered to them. The first one was in the morning about around 8 a.m. And the second one came in around, I guess, like 10.30 a.m., and we were there like past one, one thirty. We left, and uh, the the thing that happened, especially with the second group, was so astounding. You know where the rubber meets the road, and I started talking to them about ethics. I was supposed to talk to them about morals and ethics. That was the the theme of my talk. So I talked to them about you know moral values and ethics. And uh, I got down with the, especially with the second group. I got down really tight and started sharing with them about their lifestyles, about the need to not be involved, you know, in, in, in drugs and uh, alcohol. I shared a bit of my testimony. But then I started really talking some serious stuff about sex and about homosexuality. And the room got really quiet, you know, after a few, like some of them started getting loud and laughing and, you know, what, what have you. They really started paying attention to what I was saying. And it got really quiet. Well, I, I talked to them. I ministered to them. 
I talk to them about, you know, the, the Bible and what the law has established, the, the Word of God has established. I talk to them about the dangers of that, about the dangers of being involved in that kind of lifestyle and how it's not normal. I mean, I went on and on. I talked to them about, you know, the influences and spirits can be transmitted and the, the venereal diseases. I mean, I really, really laid it down, I mean, on the line for these kids. And, um, you know, and then I gave an altar call. In, in the school, in the public school. And I'm telling you, Sheila, I have never seen this kind of response there in that wow. school. I, it, it's not a Christian school. It's a public school. It's a secular school. Most of those kids, they're, they, they're not Christians. They don't come from Christian homes. You know, and there were about 160 or 70 children there or, or young people. They were maybe, you know, like 16, 17, 18 years old. You know, some of them were getting ready to graduate. And uh, when I spoke to them, you know, I was told by the teachers, these are the hardcore group. You're going to be ministering like some of the hardest cases in the school. So, you know, when they brought them in, you know, they warned me and said, this is, this is a tough group. This group you're going to be talking to, there's a lot of homosexuals there. There's a lot of drug addicts there. There's a lot of prostitution going on. So, you know, they told me. I was not expecting really, you know, just but a few to get converted and come forth for prayer. But when I gave the altar call, uh, I would say about a hundred or more, over a hundred of those kids came wow. forward. And we have a lot of photos and you know and that we took and we're gonna be posting them and we're gonna be sending out a report to the people, to our listeners. But uh, when I saw that, they just kept coming and coming and coming. And they would not leave. They would not leave. I mean, it was past their time to go, you know, to go to another class. It was past their, their time, and they would not go anywhere. So, I mean, many of them were crying. Many of them were just uh, repenting. Incredible. I have never seen such a response from, from, the, you know, from, from the young people in that school. And I have been going there since the year 2001. So this was a miracle, especially in lieu of the fact that, you know, the director of the school is not a Christian. She is anti-Christian. And so this happened <laughs> at a moment when it was not allowed. So what I'm trying to say is that people in America do not get discouraged because all this persecution that is coming and it is going to get worse. It is what it's going to do is is going to spark a massive revival, the likes of which we have probably never seen in this country. But that whole trip was miraculous. It was one thing after the other. We also were uh, blessed to visit a church. We have been going there for many years now. We started going there when they had nothing. They, they just had a dirt floor and four walls. And they started a, a church in uh, in a very small, you know, it's called a colony in one of the suburbs, La Lima, which is, uh, you know, nearby San Pedro Sula, the capital there, which is actually Tegucigalpa, but uh, San Pedro Sula is the, like the engine, the economic engine of Honduras. So it's considered a capital. So it's one of the suburbs. And we were there and, uh, you know, we helped them to build a well and a water tank. And so we were there for the inauguration. They also built like a like a diner for the children. Now we're going to be involved in this. We're going to be helping them to feed the children. And they're going to have a dentist, which is going to check the teeth of the children. Uh, they also have a doctor. 
that is going to come like every every so often to check on the, on the children if they have any needs because there is right now they have a capacity for about 25 children but they have like a few thousand children so this is a beautiful project that we're involved with and we went there you know to to check up on it and and we minister in so many churches and my 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 uh, there were so many needs many people being healed many people being delivered set free there was a specifically a service that we attended where i sensed in my spirit that there were many people that were suffering from uh, oppression and spirits of suicide i said this is what's going on i feel in my spirit there's people here you're being visited in the night you're under severe oppression i feel there's some here that are uh, being you know led to suicide by these demonic spirits I want you to come forward because I'm going to pray for you. Well, many people came forward. The one thing that surprised me, Sheila, was there was like two children. They must have been like seven, eight, nine, maybe ten tops. And those two children came forward and they told me, I asked them, what's wrong with you? Because children are not supposed to be oppressed like that. And they told me, we, I tried to commit suicide. There's this thing that keeps coming for me to commit suicide, both of them. So I prayed for them. I broke those curses. I came against those attacks, in, uh, demonic attacks. I mean, but this whole thing was incredible how many people are being oppressed. They're being seduced by demonic spirits to commit suicide. The devil is coming, telling them there is no way out. There's no hope. You know, they might as well end it. They are consumed with spirits of rejection, spirits of, you know, hopelessness, spirits of discouragement. And so all these things, you know, in, they may see their situation as having no way out. These demonic powers come and they try to entice these people to just, just end it all. So, you know, we saw a lot of this. We minister in many different places. We minister in the city of Progreso. There we minister in La Lima. We minister in San Pedro Sula. We minister in the city of Villanueva, which is a city, it's, it's a little further out. It's about 2,000 people church, and uh, just about everybody came forward for prayer. I mean, by the time I, I left Honduras, Sheila, my legs and feet were so tired from standing that uh, by the time I got home, <laughs> I just wow. had to lie in bed, you know, I just... I just laid there and I didn't go anywhere. I didn't. I didn't leave the house for two or three days because I was. I was just wiped out. I was just so tired. But I'm. It's. It's better now. I'm trying to get back in the saddle. But it was an incredible journey. It was a wonderful time there. The people there are so beautiful, so precious. They treat me like a king. I mean, they. They don't know what to. If I say I like something, they. They want to get it for me, and so they are just precious as all of God's children are. They are precious. They're beautiful people. There's no more beautiful people in the face of the earth than God's children. But when people do not have the Lord, they are so full of the devil and they have such nasty spirits. I just don't want to be around those people. That's how nasty they are. But God's people, they're so beautiful. And this separation is beginning to get uh, larger and bigger. The separation between the children of the devil, those that are in the darkness and the children of God. And we're beginning to see the separation become bigger and larger and larger, like the scripture says. He that is evil, let him be evil still. And he that is holy, let him still be holy. So we are in that time right now. We're in the time of separation. 
We are at a time when the darkness is getting darker and the light of the of the kingdom of God is getting brighter. Well, people, Augusto, really are hungry for the word, aren't they? They're hungry for a touch from God. I really, truly believe as the darkness ramps up, as the evil increases, we got to remember we're living in exciting times. You know, I used to always say I wanted to meet Elijah. Oh, how I would have loved to meet Elijah, but he was going to want to talk to us. What was it like in that last days? I mean, it's pretty exciting times, really. But also, you're right, the evil is ramping up. There's an acceleration taking place like I've never seen, certainly. But I really believe intrinsically, deep down, Augusto, everybody can sense that something's wrong. Even people that have no clue about God, they know something's wrong. Something's off in the world. You can just feel it like a blanket. And people really are hungry, aren't they? Well, yes, they are. The hunger is rising. The hunger is rising because people are beginning to realize that... uh, this thing is getting real bad. I mean, this thing is not good. You know, the best way to awaken people from their stupor is when things really get nasty, they get bad. The people, especially those that have religious spirits, of which there are many of those in, in here in America, they're not going to wake up as long as the situation does not change. As long as the situation continues to be, you know, uh, all right, you know, not great, but not bad, you know, it's okay. As long as that is the the situation, people are not going to change. People are not going to wake up and become hungry. Now, it's beginning to get bad. We are beginning to see some persecution. We are beginning to see some of this darkness begin to permeate every area uh, uh, in this nation, in the school. We're beginning to see it in the government. We're beginning to see it in the entertainment. We're beginning to see darkness creep everywhere, everywhere. And so what is happening is that people that never realized, that never took notice of any of these things, they're now saying, wait a minute, this is not supposed to be happening. I mean, this never happened 20 years ago. What's going on here? I've never seen such demonic uh, witchcraft and uh, rituals being done right in public, you know, and Hollywood, uh, you know, uh, homosexuality, same-sex marriage. Uh, now it's, uh, it's about to become legal probably uh, in June sometime when the Supreme Court, they give out their ruling, which is probably going to be in favor of same-sex marriage. You know, all these things are beginning to uh, awaken some people when they realize and they say, you know what, <laughs> this is getting really bad. This is getting really bad. And, you know, and as these things gets bad, as it gets worse, what we're going to see is people are going to begin to repent. They're going to begin to say, you know what, I need to get my act together. As, as the catastrophes increase, as the earth changes, intensify, the, as the war begins to loom in the horizon, the war with, with, in the Middle East, the war in the, with Russia, with China, the economic crisis, as all of these things begin to increase, you know, the dangers of this thing that they may happen any time begin to increase, people are going to begin to get hungry for the God, and we are seeing those things. We are beginning to see them. Uh, we saw it last year uh, when we did our, our conferences in Seekonk and then in Idaho, and we saw it this year when we did it in Houston. We are beginning to see that hunger arising in people. And, uh, and those that are comfortable in the pew are beginning to get a little restless. 
you know, they're beginning to shift a little bit. And, you know, I wonder what is going on. You know, I just feel something is in the air. So people are beginning to get on their knees and pray. People are beginning to take prayer seriously. We are seeing a, a lot of intercessors rising. Because one thing I want to tell, I want to tell the people today, Sheila, is that the future is not written in stone except some things that it is already ordained to happen in the word of God, which has the throne room of God has decreed. Those things cannot be changed. For example, the Lord is returning to earth to establish his kingdom. That cannot be changed. The fact that the church was built on the foundation of the bedrock, Jesus Christ, and the foundations of apostles and prophets and fivefold ministry, that is established cannot be changed. The fact that the only way to heaven is through the door, Jesus Christ, there is no other way. That established cannot be changed. However, many of these other peripheral prophecies, like people have had visions and dreams of what may happen, those things can change. I know it can change because in the Bible there is a history, okay, established of that happening, where some things changed, where things that were about to happen did not happen. It may have happened maybe 50 years later, 100 years later, but it did not happen at the time that it was supposed to happen. So people need to know, because many people can become very negative, Sheila, you know that. People can become very negative. People have dreams and visions. I've had many dreams and visions, but one of the things that the Lord has always let me know is that prayer and intercessions and repentance by the people can change the future. The future timeline is not fixed. It can change. It can shift. And so we can change it through our prayers. We can change it by preaching the gospel. We can change it by repentance. And there's another powerful thing that is biblical. The repentance on behalf of those that will not repent and cannot repent. They don't know how to repent. I call it replacement uh, repentance. Probably there's a better word out there where you repent for the sins of your forefathers. You repent for the sins of the nation. Daniel did it. Daniel did it, and Moses did it. And we know Abraham tried to do it for Sodom and Gomorrah, except (laughs) there were no righteous people left there. So he was wiped out. But uh, there is such a thing as repenting on behalf of people that, you know, they're not repenting. And we as the church have the ability to go and repent. Because the scripture says in Second Chronicles 7.14 that if my people, okay, and this is something that I have tried to hammer down and tell the people many times, The people, many Christians, Sheila, are expecting the president and and the government to repent. They're not going to repent. They don't know how to repent. They don't know anything about repentance. But the Bible says, if my people, okay, my people, not the worldly people, my people shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face. That's what it says. I will hear from heaven and heal their land, okay? So the commission is, the task is for the church. We 
as the body of Christ, we are called to hear, okay, to hear the Lord and repent. We repent. We repent for our sins, and we repent on behalf of those that are in sin, those that cannot repent, those that are, are that don't know how to repent or don't want to repent, okay? We have the ability and we have the commission from heaven and establishing the word to repent. And if, he's, if God's people repent, it says he will hear from heaven. And if this, if this begins to happen, I do believe that the Lord is able to change the course of the future. There's still some things that are going to happen because things are that bad right now. They are that bad. So some bad things are going to happen. We probably cannot stop all of it, but we can probably lessen. If we pray, we repent, and we do substitutionary, and, and that's another word that we could use for that, substitutionary repentance for others. Okay, and you know, like Daniel did, Daniel repented for his forefathers and his people. He fasted 21 days, and the Bible says that, you know, God heard him and sent an angel. He sent Gabriel, and Gabriel gave him a vision about the future. He was determined, you know, 70 weeks was determined upon his people, okay, to finish the transgression. In other words, God gave his people more time to repent. Okay, and at the end of that time, okay, at the end of that time, he said, the city, if they haven't done it, the city, okay, their nation is going to be destroyed. Okay, their time is up. And of course, we know the history that this is exactly what happened. When Jesus Christ came to earth, that is exactly what he quoted. He was quoting Daniel. And remember when he said that, you know, that he asked the father as the vine dresser that he would let him dig around the fig tree, which is symbolic of Israel. He asked the father to please let him dig around the fig tree, uh, dung it and water it in hopes that he may, he might give fruit. Okay. He, he talked about that. He talked about how, you know, he tried and at the very end he stood over Jerusalem he wept, and he said, O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets, and they that are sent unto thee, how often I would have gathered you under my wings, like a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. You wouldn't let me. You wouldn't come. And then he said, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. That is the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Okay, because in 70 AD, well, let me backtrack a, a minute here. When Jesus said that, he says, there shall be not one stone left upon another. And he was referring to the temple. There shall not be one stone left upon another. And you will not see me again. You will not hear me again until you say, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. They shall lay a siege around you on every side and they shall not lay one stone upon another. This was fulfilled in 70 AD when the Roman armies laid a siege around Jerusalem, and they did not, literally, they did not leave one stone upon another because they thought there was gold there somewhere. And so <clears throat> they were looking for it. And, uh, I mean, they laid that city down. They just mowed it down. And it was a massacre. It was a massacre. The only people that survived 
that massacre were the ones that uh, listened to the words of Jesus when he said, when you see this happen, remember when he said, when you see this happen, if you're on the roof of a house, don't come down to get your stuff. Run to the mountains. If you are over here, if you're over there, don't go back inside the house. Go out into the mountains and run away because there's going to be horrendous things that are going to happen in that time. That time. Like it has never, like it has never happened in the, you know, in 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 Jerusalem, in Israel, ever, and it was true. There was a a a blood ran. I mean, it was horrible. The massacre that was committed on the Jewish people by the Roman armies. Those that remembered the words of Jesus and left, those were spared. Everyone else was killed, and so after that happened, when the Jews were scattered all over the earth, it became a desert. Until 1948, when they, you know, they were allowed to come back, okay, which was prophesied, the dry bones of Ezekiel and all that, you know, that was prophesied. So, but that is something that people need to understand. That going back to what I was sharing, that the Lord gave them more time to repent. He gave Daniel. Daniel prayed, and he he, he told him. He said. 70 heptats, or, you know, 70 uh, weeks of years have been given unto your people. So that's what I'm saying, that if we pray and if we repent and if we seek the face of the Lord, there are some things in the future that can be changed. This is biblical. There are records in the Bible of this happening. Hezekiah, Hezekiah was about to die. That's another example. The prophet went to him and told him, get your house in order. <laughs> you're about to cease to exist on this planet. You, 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 you're going to die. And as he left, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and repented and asked God for mercy. And as the prophet was on his way out, God spoke to him and said, go back to Hezekiah, for I have had mercy on him. I will give him more time. So this, it is throughout the scriptures, okay? I mean, we could talk about Nineveh, Jonah, the same thing. Jonah spoke, prophesied that people in Nineveh repented. God gave them more time. He did not destroy the city, okay? So many of these naysayers, Sheila, out there that say it is all, you know, it's all, it's all over, it's doom and gloom. Things are bad. We have to acknowledge things are bad. But if his people will humble themselves, okay? And that's the key word, humble themselves. We have to humble ourselves from our pride, from our arrogance, from our selfishness and our sinful ways. And we have to repent and turn to the Father. He will hear from heaven. He said, I will hear from heaven. It's, it's, it's a given. He will hear from heaven if we do that. And he will heal the land and he will spare us and he will spare our children. So this is the thing that the people in America need to know. They need to stop being so terrified and so afraid because things are bad. I know things are bad. <laughs> I have eyes. I have ears. I see that. I watch the news. I know things are bad. But if we just fold our hands and twiddle our thumbs and we don't do anything about it, all we do is acknowledge that things are bad, you know what? It's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to get worse. So what we need to do, 
And I know you do that, and I know you you pray and you fast, Sheila, and um, and you have some prayer warriors that are praying, and that is the only thing that we can do right now. I preach the gospel, continue to bombard the airwaves, so the people of God can turn away and you know from sin and begin to repent, begin to repent first for our sins, first for our transgressions, and then. We begin to repent for the sins and transgressions of all those around us that are still in sin. And if we weep and sigh and cry, the Lord says, I will hear from heaven. Well, yeah, we see that's done all throughout the Bible, that they stood in the gap. They did that substitutionary kind of prayer. But, you know, Augustus, you were talking, I was thinking about the book of Joel. I was thinking about Ezekiel. Um, For the day is near, even the day of the Lord is near, a cloudy day it shall be the time of the heathen. I mean, that's alluded to again in Zephaniah. And I think of that great day of the Lord being near. That's a day of wrath. That's a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, darkness and gloominess. That day is coming. And yet, I think the mainstream church, it's its never been so incredible in any time in history that they are absolutely in a stupor. And it's funny because I had talked to a lady over the weekend about, you know, some of these charlatan preachers. And I, she said, you know, I Rick Warren is one of my favorites. And I said, well, you better go look at what... Chrislam means. You better go start looking at what these men are preaching from the pulpit because I said, you know, if you knew your Bible, people would never fill those pews in those mega churches. It's the people that are wanting their ears tickled. It's, I don't even think it's anything to do with the preachers. People wouldn't be filling up those pews if they were telling the truth. And yet people will stand and fight for their little motivational speaking pastors or motivational preaching pastors, and they're not even good at that. They will fight tooth and nail for these guys, but they won't seek good and not evil. Well, the thing is, and you touched on it, you touched on it, and uh, I want to I, I want to go back to it. And I want to expand on it because you mentioned it, and you know, truth. The truth of the matter is, Sheila, that they don't want to hear the truth. Most of these people prefer the security and the convenience of the familiar. They they cling on to their, their their little traditions and they cling to their little you know rituals because they don't want to change. Change is hard. Change is something that hurts. Everybody, what everybody wants is to have a preacher that tells them once a week, good news, everything is going to be okay. Uh, don't worry about it. God loves you. Jesus loves you. He, all he wants you to be is to be fat, dumb, and happy. And uh, don't worry about anything else. And they, they lap it up. <laughs> they are like the ostrich. They stick their, hand, uh, their head in the sand. They just don't want to hear it. And so, you know, these are the people that the Lord is going to say, I never knew you. You know, you, you, you never really were joined to me. You never loved my spirit. You never loved truth. You hated truth. You, you hated truth, and you never loved me. I am truth. Jesus said, I am truth. And if you loved truth, you would love me. And if you loved me, you would love truth, vice versa. And so when people don't want truth, they want fables and they want, you know, somebody to tickle their ears. That is what they have become. They have become the Laodicean church. The Holy Spirit 
is the spirit of truth. Uh, if we want to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we have to walk in truth. But that is that is a key uh, right there, a key word that we need to drive it in, because that is the problem right there. That there is no truth. The pulpits are absent. The, the truth is absent from the pulpits. And um, the spirit of truth is what we need. Is the the spirit of the Holy, you know, the Holy Spirit. If people were full of the Holy Spirit, they would have the truth. They would love truth. Truth lovers and truth seekers are those that are hungry for the presence of God. They are hungry for His presence. They are hungry for the power and the, the glory of God, which is accompanied by His truth. And so. Truth is the only atmosphere, Sheila, where faith and sanity can thrive. There is no comfort. There is no comfort except in truth. That is the only place where people can find true comfort. Because in all these other things, in lies and, uh, and illusions, that is, they're not going to find peace there. They think they are, but it's very elusive. They're not going to find. The only peace that people are going to find is when they receive the truth. The truth shall make them free. And so in order to receive truth, we have to be transparent. We have to have a love for the truth. We have to. This, this, the people in America don't have a love for the truth. I mean, there's some that do. But the majority don't, don't have a love for the truth. How can they love a preacher that says homosexuality is okay. Now, I love homosexual people because they have a soul. Jesus died for them. So we are commanded to love them. We are, we are supposed to love them. They need salvation. Without Jesus, they're, they're not going to be saved. They're going to a very bad place. And so we have to have love for those people, not hatred. I see that, I, and that's what I practice. But we have to have this clear and that is that homosexuality is a sin. If we say it is not a sin, if we say that it, it is okay, that, that it's okay with God, if we say fornication is okay with God, God understands. He knows you were born that way. He understands that, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, if people listen to that kind of preaching, they are being deceived and they are being led into hell. They are being led into destruction. We are supposed to speak truth. We are the, the, the oracles of truth. This is what a true preacher of the gospel should be, an oracle of truth. The truth shall set them free. And so this is the problem that we have with, um, with all these churches, and uh, we will continue to have it until those preachers uh, awaken and the, the, the pulpits change. I mean, the reason that the, the America became great all the way back, you know, when the pilgrims came here, and then in the, in the early Azusa Street revivals in the early 1900s and in the 20s and 40s and 50s, you know, when the pulpits were thundering with the messages of conviction, with the power of God from heaven. I mean, this is what made America great. This is what made America a blessed nation. When it started exporting it, the gospel to many countries, started you know uh, uh, helping the poor, helping the needy, the widows and the orphans in many parts of the world, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, preaching the, the, the gospel of salvation. This is what made this country great. And this nation is backing away now from these things and beginning to embrace Muslims, beginning to embrace homosexuals, 
beginning to embrace uh, same-sex marriage, beginning to embrace corruption, beginning to embrace the demonic, the occult. How can this be happening, Brother Augusto? Well, <laughs> it, it started, you know, many years ago by taking prayers out of the school. The schools in America, are, are, they are at a place where you, I, I can't even go to a school and say Jesus in Jesus' name. They won't let me. I cannot uh, lay hands on the, on the students here and pray. I cannot say the name of Jesus. I cannot preach the gospel. They won't let me. And so I go to Honduras, and they let me. And right now, people can go to, to, to Russia, and, and, and they can do it. They can go to many of these countries, and they can do it. I, go, I, I can't even go to, you know, to, to many of these countries, in Mexico, even in Africa. Many of these places, you can go there, and you can go to schools, and you can preach Jesus. But not here, not in the Western nations, because these are the nations that are being controlled by these devil worshipers. They are devil worshipers, the mighty men of the earth, the rich men of the earth. They are devil worshipers, and they don't want anyone to worship uh, Jesus. They don't want anybody to, to live for Jesus. They want them to live for the devil. Why aren't people standing up saying, listen, God's such a spineless, cowardice nation across the, in the West here, such, such absolute, I don't know if it's cognitive dissonance or bystander apathy or learned helplessness, Augusto, but it almost like it keeps people from fighting. Nobody will stand up for anything anymore. It's kind of the frog in the boiling water. People get acclimated to the temperature until they boil to death. But I think slowly what's really sad to me is, Augusto, slowly men in the West are a problem. They've become so domesticated. They won't stand up for anything and they won't, uh, you know, it's, oh, that. what will my co-workers think or what will my church say? I mean, the, the zeal for the Lord's house ought to consume our relationship with people more than any person in our family or our apostate churches. My goodness, Jesus said you must follow me paul admonishes be on the alert act like men but augusta if there's never been anything ever lacking today in the west it's strong godly men whose zeal for the lord is absolutely prevalent well that's the thing that men have been castrated become eunuchs you see men were created okay in the kingdom of god to procreate just like in the natural Okay, in the natural, they even want to stop that. They even want to stop, uh, you know, couples from procreating. They don't, they don't want a couple to have more than one child. Which, if if we read the statistics, the the statistics, it takes two point one children being born to a couple. Okay, if if we are to subsist, if we are, if 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 our population, if our you know, if, if humanity is to, you know, uh, remain, it, it, because each, each one of the couple, the man and the woman, they have to replace themselves, and, and, and there's a margin for error there, you know, where maybe a child is, dies or whatever. Uh, so right now, they, they don't want any, any couple to have more than one child. In Europe, they're sterilizing. Men are being sterilized. Women are being sterilized. And this is happening also in the spirit. A person that does not reproduce is, is not productive. It's not fruitful. 
every child of God is supposed to reproduce himself after his own kind, just like uh, everything in this world. Every tree reproduces itself after its own kind. An apple tree keeps reproducing and you know, with other apple trees and, and so forth. Well, we are the same. We are supposed to reproduce our, ourselves. But what happens is that it is not taking place. Men are being basically uh, castrated. You know, they're being uh, sterilized by all this uh, you know, political correctness. And like you said, they have lost uh, the conviction. They have lost conviction. And so the society has kind of kicked in. And they're portraying men in the, you know, in their soap operas and their sitcoms as, you know, as effeminate, as uh, weak men, you know, without backbone. The children are the ones that run the house, and the, and the wife, you know, out of the one is the one that you know runs the husband. And so everything is reversed. Everything is reversed because it, it's against the order of God. God established the family, the father, you know, the father figure is the priest of the house. The, the, the wife is supposed to be, you know, helping him hand in hand, not inferior, but just, you know, them, the, the helpmate, you know, to, 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 to help both, both of them together. Together, they establish the home, and, you know, the authority is, is, is the, 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 the father, the wife is, the, is under his authority, and, she, and by that token, she has authority. She has authority because she's standing under his authority. And if he, as a man of God, is standing under God's authority, there is authority flowing. Authority flows from the throne down. Okay, that is how it flows. Uh, a person cannot have authority if he's not under authority. That is, that is very well established in the, uh, in the scripture in many, many places, which I have taught about. So this is what happens. The enemy knows this. So he says, uh-huh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to destroy any authority in the house, in the home. So he des he's destroyed the foundations of the home, okay, where the husband is no longer the authority figure. He, most, most men are not, are, you know, they're not even serving God. They're weaklings. They're, they don't have a prayer life. They don't. They don't submit to God, so they're not on their authority. Then the wife, which is supposed to be under submission, under authority of her husband, therefore, he's, since he's not under authority, she is not under authority either. So, so she becomes rebellious, okay? And the children, since they see a mother that is in rebellion and a father that is in rebellion to God, they also become rebellious. And so what we are seeing now is going beyond that. Now we are seeing the destruction of the family nucleus, the foundation of the family, and we are seeing two same-sex uh, couple, uh, two women or two men, and they are adopting children. I mean, can you imagine, Sheila, the, the, <laughs> the, the amount of demonic impartation and demonic influences that will take place on those children what what we are what we are developing in this country and all over the world because this is not just here it's all over the world what we are seeing is the destruction okay the destruction of the foundation of humanity uh, uh, like marriage marriage is 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 one of the main uh, foundational uh, institutions that that the lord instru in, you know established that is being destroyed you see purposely on purpose
because the devil wants to destroy the foundation of humanity. Moral values, he wants to destroy the Bible. Moral values, he wants to destroy uh, the prayer. You know, no prayer in the schools, no mention of Jesus in the school. Anything that the Lord established as foundation in his kingdom, the, the devil wants to destroy it. And so if, we, if this thing keeps going, okay, Lord forbid, if this thing keeps going, let's say for one generation, humanity as we know it is going to cease to exist. It's going to be destroyed because there's going to have, it's going to have no foundation. It's going to have no moral values. It's going to have nothing. And it's going to become like a, like it's full of demons, just like the, like the scripture says in the book of Revelation. It has become full of foul birds and demonic spirits. Babylon has. And so this is what we see happening. It is a transformation, a spiritual and physical transformation of humanity and society as we have known it for all our lives. I think you just hit the nail right on the head, Augusto. It is a transformation. But I think what we need to be transformed by is the Holy Spirit more than any time before. Because as you were talking, I was thinking about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, men of uncompromising courage and faith, even in the face of death. And we really got to get back to that, don't we? We've got to get back to then, okay, I can't talk about this. Well, even like in this little city in Florida over the weekend, the government cracked down on churches and in Florida, you know, these congregation members are wondering if they live in the United States or the former Soviet Union. When you've got to acquire a business license to pray and to preach, and then you've got city officials going into the actual church to spy on this, you know, members of the Southern Baptist Church. I mean, it's right out of a Cold War spy novel. I mean, this is right in America. You've got government employees spying on church congregations. I mean, it is so ludicrous and ridiculous, Augusto, the culmination of everything that is happening. And I said this the other day to Dave Hodges. I said, you know, we might have seen one or two just incredible sci-fi news headlines maybe once a month, but... Augusto, you can't keep up to these every minute. You just see these things that are right out of a... They're literally out of a science fiction. I never thought I would live to see the day when we would allow a the first lesbian, gay, transsexual, bisexual school in Atlanta, Georgia. If you are not lesbian, gay, or bisexual, or transgender, you're not going to the school. And this is pre-kindergarten to grade 8. And again, I think we just become so desensitized because these headlines are such a sci-fi. But again, we've got to get back to the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying to the king, Daniel saying to them, Daniel issued a decree too. Look what he did. I, I think that's really where it's at. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly where it's at. And um, what you mentioned, uh, I was just I was still in Honduras when I when I found out about the uh, the ABC program. I don't know if if you uh, saw that, but it's called the Fosters. They had the first children's same sex kiss on you know on TV ever on a- yeah on ABC. Those two young thirteen year old boys. Mm-hmm. Had the first of all time. It was twittered by the ABC producer. I thought that we're now sliding into the abyss because who would ever dreamed when you'd have two 13 year old boys kissing on TV? It's just unthinkable. Well, that is how the Roman Empire was destroyed. It, it, it crumbled from the inside out. And uh, like, I, like I've said before, it is happening here 
okay? And we may not be able to stop it, you know, this from happening in the U.S., you know, uh, overall. But, like, you know, the only thing that we are commissioned to do is to pray and intercede and just be salt and light. And that's all we can do. And, uh, you know, we don't know. We don't know how many people are going to, are going to change. We don't know if they're going to change at all. Uh, this may be, you know, like the Lord told me uh, a few years ago. He said, it, this is their time. It is the time of, of darkness. This is the time of the darkness, of the princes and the powers of darkness. And so this is their heyday. There, we may not see a restoration uh, at all of any kind in this country. Yeah. Uh, but just because we may not see it, that should not deter us from trying. What are we to do? Just cross our hands and say, forget it. I'm just going to sit here and wait till it happens. No. That's exactly what the Lord told us not to do. He said, the overcomer, he that overcomes, he that overcometh. And he gave seven promises to the overcomers. So it is, the, the prize goes to the overcomers, and, uh, you know, the kingdom goes to the overcomers, not to the complacent. That is exactly what we're seeing. A lot of compla- complacency. And if the people do not repent, if the people do not turn to God, like I was sharing before, and the people do not begin to sigh and cry, I, I just shudder, uh, Sheila, at what may happen to this country and, and, many, and many countries in the earth. Uh, and in closing, because I know our time is almost up, I was, I was walking here the other night in my home. I was praying. It was a very solemn time for me. Sometimes I get these moments with the Lord. I feel his his you know, his, his presence, and uh, I just felt his presence brooding uh, over me. And I just knew that, that there was something wrong. And what I felt was the fear of God. I felt the fear of God. That word you mentioned a while back, the wrath of God, it's coming. It's coming, but, you know, it's, it's not going to be poured on his children. Because the Bible says we are not appointed unto wrath, his wrath, the wrath of God. We're going to see the wrath of the devil. We're going to see the wrath of men and persecution. We're going to see all that. We're already seeing that. But not the wrath of the Father and the children. No. The wrath of the Father, the day of the Lord, is going to be reserved <laughs> for those, the, the evil ones and the wicked ones on this earth. And when that happens, what I felt in my spirit, Sheila, was like those people those ISIS uh, people that, that, that are killing and beheading innocent, innocent people, innocent women, innocent children, men, without, without remorse, without thinking twice. These people that are, that are, you know, using children, okay? They are manipulating children, trading children for ungodly purposes. They're involved and, and then involve them in pornography. And I was, all these things were coming on my spirit. And the fear of God came on me. The fear of the Lord came on me. And what, I, what came on me was, woe to these people. When the time comes, <laughs> woe to these people. I don't want to be in their shoes for anything in the world when these things happen. It's going to be so horrific. So horrific. I mean, doesn't that sword shaking their hands as they're about to just strike the neck of those Innocent people, doesn't that sword shake in their hands? Those people that signed those fat contracts, selling children like cattle for ungodly purposes, 
stone their hands shake as they hold their pens and are about to sign that document. My goodness, and these things were coming on me, and I just felt the fear of God all over me. And I'm telling you, it is going to be very, very horrific on that day. And that day is very close. I don't know how, when. I don't know exactly the dates, but it's very, very close. And the people of God need to continue to be light, need to continue to be sold and speak out and pray. And as long as we're here, that is what we are called to do. Praise God. Praise God is right. Well, I agree. Salt and light. It is time for us to stand in the gap. Substitution repentance, as you said, and serious intercessor prayer. Augusto, thank you for sharing today. I praise God for the work you did in Honduras. So exciting to hear about those kids' souls being one to the kingdom of God. And thank you for all the incredible work you do, all your teaching. We are so blessed by you. You are a wonderful, powerful, anointed man of God, and we thank you. Thank you for coming on the program today. God bless you. Come back and see us soon. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, Sheila. Folks, Augusto's website, theappearance.com, is linked there at Weekend Vigilante. And folks, don't forget to bookmark this Wednesday the 11th at 4 Eastern for the Dr. Kent Hoven Fast and Prayer. The information is linked there at Operations Floodgate. Thank you so much for getting involved, folks. This is very important. And thank you for tuning in today. Good night and God bless. The Sheila Zielinski Show is sponsored by SteveQuayle.com, offering a wide variety of products links, headlines, and information for the end times. Order Steve's new book, Little Creatures, by visiting stevequail.com. Dare to discover, learn, prepare, and be amazed.